you Thursday, everybody. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. Back with you today. Bill on vacation. He is back on Monday. He is Grant Bills joining me again. Grant, good morning. Good morning, Ben. It is a uh, it's a banner morning in the Kenny household. Isn't much of a household. I, I live alone in an apartment, but a banner day in the Kenny household. The Open Championship has begun. I am not usually a fan of waking up at the crack of dawn. I do it often for work, obviously, whenever I'm in on the morning show. I do it when I have to go fly somewhere. You do it here and there for very specific instances. But everybody, I'm sure, loves their sleep. As you get older, it's easier to sleep into the morning. uh, Or harder, excuse me. Uh, Many Mm -hmm. wake up earlier and earlier. I understand that. But the Open got underway at around midnight. I was up at 4 a.m. to watch as much golf as I possibly could before heading into work today. It's been a terrific morning. Tiger Woods went out. He double bogeyed the first hole. He has since dropped another shot, and it is a disaster, probably mentally in that regard. But aside from that, things are good. How are you? Uh, I'm happy to be here, mostly because of you. I woke up this morning at 6.30 or whatever, and the first thing I do, check Twitter, which was down. So I looked up the open just to see what was going on. And I thought, man, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure Ben is going to be out of his mind psyched up today. Like the thought of hanging out for a couple of hours with you and getting to hear you talk about golf, that excited me. And then you text me this morning. I've been up since four. Okay. Yeah, he's amped. And then I get in and I see you on Skype. You have a quarter zip on today. Yeah. It's not like you have a shirt and tie, but you're ready for today. You're excited to be here, and that makes me excited. I dress for the occasion. If I had to choose right now, I love this show. I love the audience. I love what I do. I love every day waking up and talking about sports. Though if I had to choose any day, any two days, to be able to not work and instead sit on my couch from the hours of 4 a.m. to 3 p.m., it would probably be today and tomorrow. And we have Kenny and Heilprin tonight, so I'm in the office for a while. So, yeah, I would definitely say I'm amped to be alive today. I'm amped to be awake and active. Am I amped to have to talk about the Brewers game yesterday? No, but there are many things. We don't have to talk about that much. We can talk about golf. We could do, you know, we could do another two hours on a retractable roof today. That content is endless. We could do that for as long as we wanted to, and people would still call. That's what I realized on my show last night. Well, on the morning show here in Madison, the twins have been nominated for D bag of the week. Of course they have very esteemed segment (laughs) towards the end of the day on Friday for those rain Uh, delays. I didn't necessarily agree, but that conversation is persisting. We can get back into it, get back into a lot of stuff from yesterday, but I want to talk about that game. And yes, I could go up and down the open leaderboard for hours and just read names. And then one little nugget I know about each one. Maybe we'll do that later. We'll have one leaderboard segment where I don't add anything of substance to the leaderboard. I just read it. Well, we'll play some dramatic music in the background to make it sound like a segment. Some NFL primetime music and you'll just read the standings. If, It'll be great. If anybody wants to take a nap, I think that's the best time to do it. Maybe we'll <laughs> give you some... Some leeway there, get you ready for it. And then, yeah, we'll read the leaderboard. But tough Brewers game yesterday. So we were on air for the start of it, for really the middle innings. And then you got into the later innings there. Not much offense. The offensive struggles when we were on air, there were guys and runners in scoring position. The Brewers could not get it done. Those offensive struggles persisted throughout the day. The top three in the Brewers lineup yesterday, 0 for 12. 
The top four combined to go one for 16. The team goes 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. They leave six total guys on base. Aaron Ashby, as we said, entering. We needed some length. We needed something solid. He was okay. He held it together. One run through four and two-thirds, I believe. Had to throw a lot of pitches to get through that, though. The bullpen then comes in. They shut it down until the ninth inning where Josh Hader gives way. It sounds weird to say, but Josh Hader gives way yet again. The Twins walk off with a three-run homer. My first thought, Grant, here is it's baseball. You have games like that. Just as Tuesday's 6-3 to three win felt very Brewers, couple home runs, couple insurance runs, you hold on, you, Josh Hader comes in, gets the save, go home with a win. This 4-1 to one loss felt very Brewers as well. Nothing with runners in scoring position. The starting pitching was solid. The bullpen was solid. Take away Hader giving up the runs. It felt very, it's a very Brewers way to lose. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just the Brewers with runners in scoring position yesterday. Adam McCalvey tweeted, and I saved it, going into the bottom of the ninth. So but right before Hader came on. Uh, the Twins had stranded 13 base runners and gone one for 10 with runners in scoring position through that point. So it was just a boring game to watch. There just wasn't a lot of life. And all the at-bats for the Brewers were so poor. That's mostly what I talked about on my show last night when we talked about this game. Guys were getting up there, and they're just, I'm not going to say they're mailing it in or they're not trying, but no one was digging in. No one was fighting for long at-bats. It was a lot of watching strike one. And then maybe fouling off the second pitch. Now you're behind 0-2. And it's really hard in the year 2022 to get a hit or do anything productive when you're down in the count 0-2. Pitchers are just too good. You're in such a tough spot. And none of these hitters yesterday were setting themselves up for success. The worst were Luis Urias and Colton Wong, who I think if I counted correctly last night, went 0-15 the last two games. Urias had four strikeouts on Tuesday night. Just not good. So many bad at-bats where it just seemed like they're throwing the bat head, just just trying, giving a, a weak effort, and not putting together long quality at-bats. That's the issue. Yeah, the presence of Yelich up there at the top of the lineup definitely missed, which sounds crazy yes. enough to say. The bottom of the lineup did a lot of the production. Jace Peterson goes one for three. We talked about him yesterday when he goes deep. I thought maybe you move him up a little bit. He's been playing well. One for three with a walk there. Arias 0 for three with a walk. Caratini 1 for 2 with a walk. And that was really it from the rest of the team. Severino came in and got a hit as a pinch hitter. Andrew McCutcheon, as I noted, went 1 for 4. But the most glaring thing of all is Colton Wong, Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez, 1, 2, 3, 0 for 12 with only one strikeout. But they weren't really outs that inspired much confidence watching that game. I think the story here first, and we'll get to the hater thing. That's going to persist throughout today. He's been yeah. struggling. Uh, the numbers are starting to trend in the wrong direction. But the story here to me after the game, it's not that Aaron Ashby didn't look tremendous. It's not that Devin Williams had his 25th scoreless appearance in a row. It's that Colton Wong really cannot be this team's leadoff hitter. Maybe ever. No. And I would even go as far as to say this team might need to start looking at different options at second base. What happened to him? He's a good baseball player. He's good at all of the things that this team needs. Like when they signed him last year. Oh, great. Guy who's going to make pretty good contact, get on base. He'll hit with some power here and there. He actually had a career year for power and home runs last year. It's like he forgot all of those things. He forgot that he's a good baseball player, a leadoff type hitter, a guy who puts together tough at bats. It's like he forgot all of that. And I don't, I don't know. That just seems to be what happens with hitters on this team is they forget 
that they're good. Um, never any good at bats. And I hate to be this guy. I keep banging this drum and I've been talking about it all week, but all the at bats suck. It's really tough to string together multiple hits or any kind of a rally when none of these at bats really give the hitters a chance. You're behind 0-2 or you're just taking crummy swings. And Wong has been, worst of all, I said it yesterday, if I was David Stearns and I could find a, a big bat at second base, I'll do it. I'll figure out what to do with Colton Wong. Move him to the bench or use him as a defensive replacement, whatever. But that's not a job that's safe. Colton Wong. Colton Wong has kind of bucked the trend if you think about it because Adamas comes over and he has had a bit of a career renaissance after playing well in Tampa but not wowing many people. He's hit the ball tremendously. Hunter Renfro has come over. He's hit the ball pretty well when he's been healthy. But Wong has kind of bucked that trend of he's that one big acquisition. He had a good year last year, but going into this year, it's been all bad. The defense has turned bad. The offense has been uninspiring. And that was your leadoff guy for much of the start to the season. Then Yelich goes to that spot. I think there could be something there with first moving him down. When Yelich comes back, we know Wong won't be leadoff. But I'm at the point where the ideal lineup takeaway matchups or who has a rest day or whatever. Yelich, Adamas goes to Telez, Renfro, McCutcheon. I put Jace Peterson up there at six, maybe the catcher at seven, depending on who else is playing in those utility spots and then put Colton Wong at eighth. I don't think his production can warrant hitting anywhere above that, even above seven at this point. He stinks right now. And so does Luis Urias. And I really like Luis Urias. I remember earlier this season thinking he's going to be one of their best players before too long. He just looks to have that flash. He just looks a little different when he's at the plate. But the last couple of days, it's like he doesn't have a clue of what's going on up there. So it's been him and Wong. Should David Stearns feel as though any player is untouchable going into the trade deadline? Not, not that he's going to trade someone away, but going into the deadline, is there anyone on this team that Stearns should think, well, I can't trade for a replacement for that guy. He's to, if let's say, uh, you know, a third baseman becomes available. Well, I can't trade for a good third baseman because Luis Urias needs to stay there. Is there anybody on the field? Rowdy Telez, maybe Yelich. That's about I'd upgrade over anyone else if I have the chance to. Telez, I would say no, because you could find a way to platoon and use the DH spot. And most mm-hmm. of the big bats are at first base anyway. So then you figure it out defensively. I would say the one position where you can't go at at is corner outfield because you already have like seven of them while not having a real center fielder. Once you bring in a corner outfielder, you have Yelich and Renfro out there and McCutcheon. One of them has to DH. If you bring in another, that means you're pushing someone to center field and that defense in center only gets worse. So I think that would be the one I would name and you don't need yeah. a catcher. They're getting fine production from the catcher spot. Oh my God, they they can go three. three deep. Oh, they have three. We don't need three. We don't need three catchers. Um, Quick thought experiment really quickly, because you mentioned McCutcheon. If the Brewers needed one guy at the plate in the biggest at bat of the season and you got to pick who it was, is it not Andrew McCutcheon right now? Wow. That it's is gotta a, be McCutcheon, right? That is a terrific question. If I want to go through who has been the hottest as of late, I mean, the answer is Keston Hira, though I don't <laughs> trust him at all. Down. Uh, McCutcheon, I think because he's been there, done that, he has, I, I'm i pretty sure he's played, he's definitely played in the playoffs. I don't believe he has gone yep. deep there. But if you look at the last 15 days on this team, McCutcheon is leading them in, in batting average for guys that have had that certain amount of at-bats. He's hitting 319 over the last 15 days, 47 at-bats, OPS 871, 
Willie Adamas is second in terms of hits, but he's only hitting 224. Uh, more at bats there. I think I would go McCutcheon. I think I'm with you. Once Yelich yeah. comes back and is healthy, I could be swayed otherwise because I know Yelich will work a walk to then at least set up a double play for someone else to roll into. But <laughs> yeah, I think I'd go McCutcheon because you mentioned something at the top where the guys at the top of the lineup, uh, Wong, Adamas, a lot of the at-bats and Arias I'll throw in there were just completely uninspiring and they're getting themselves mm-hmm. in tough spots. If there's one guy on the team that knows how to work in at-bat and has made a career off it since he's lost the form from Pittsburgh where yeah. one of the best players in baseball had to work more with his brain and he's just not what he once was. So if there's one guy that knows how to work in at bat and now is literally paid for it. I would, yeah. I would take McCutcheon in that spot. Well, and that's why I think the MO, the, the kind of strategy of McCutcheon when he gets in the box is something unlike really any other brewer. Like I think of Anthony Rizzo, whenever he would come up late in a game against the brewers, runners are on huge at bat you just sat back and relaxed because you knew it was going to be 10 minutes. He was going to fight to see eight or 10 pitches and it was just going to be this battle. Right. And I don't feel like any Brewers hitters are capable of that other than maybe McCutcheon. Adamas has had some longer at bats, I guess, but he's also liable to strike out on three straight pitches. So I choose McCutcheon, even if he's not hot and hitting well at the moment, because I know he's going to dig in and put together a battle and make that pitcher work and make him throw good pitches where I don't feel that about any other hitter right now. Yeah, and Adamas, those home runs, as you have noted, also often come when the game is decided one way or another. Yeah, it was clear. None of those at-bats yesterday in those big spots to get something going amounted to anything. Brewers fall 4-1. to They split the two-game series in Minnesota. I'm fine with it overall. Eagle-eye view here. We said going in, a split would be fine. That's a good Twins team. You're going on the road. You have Jason Alexander and Aaron Ashby starting the two games. Now you go to San Francisco and it gets interesting. Four games set before the all-star break. Corbin Burns is on the bump tonight. First pitch, 840 central time. But then you go through the rest of that series. It's Burns versus Rodon tonight. You have Woodruff versus Wood. Lauer then versus Cobb and Jason Alexander pitches the last game. Going into this series, I mean, this, I would love a split. I'd be fine with it, but this could line up three out of four. If Lauer's able to deliver 877-867-1670, we're talking Colton Wong. Do you think the Brewers should prioritize the second base position when upgrading this team? Do you think there's an in-house replacement that could work? We'll talk more about that when we come back. There's also an MLB trade that just crossed the wire. I'll tell you what that is. And an update on Tiger Woods in the open. It's not good. We'll get to it next. It's Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It's the Bill Michael Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills hanging out with you today. Tough day if you're a Brewers fan. Tough game last night. They're back in action late tonight in San Francisco. The Open's going on. Grant Tiger Woods has played four holes in the 150th Open. He is four over par. He went double, par, bogey, bogey. Does not look good. 
I spent all day or all morning, I guess. I woke up early talking myself into Tiger being able to make the cut, contend maybe, talking myself into the things that could happen. That kind of blew up in my face as soon as the first hole. That might really curb most of my enthusiasm, you know, for about talking about this tournament because it's sad. I miss a putt, a bad putt. One of the shots that I saw, I'm like, ooh, not great. I saw one go in the water too. Beautiful water feature though. Beautiful course. It is a beautiful course. There is golf. Golf nerds are going at each other right now. There's really, yeah, there's a lot of, there's the golf hardo versus the golf fan, but not as much of a hardo as certain people talking about how it's, it's BS that these players can score this well on a major championship, but it's, this course has been around for, I mean, they were playing this course before the American revolution. It's been around forever. The course is not hard enough is what the golf hardos are saying. Yes. It's not long Uh, enough. And part of that is it's very dependent on the weather. If it is windy, it can be impossible. If there's no wind, it is very easy because it's quite short for these guys. So that's, that's part of the, uh, part of the dialogue going around today. There was a trade just announced in major league baseball. Jeff Passan of ESPN tweets out the New York Yankees are acquiring utility man, Tyler Wade in a trade with the Los Angeles angels. A source tells him the angels DFA'd Wade earlier this month. And now he heads back to the Yankees where he was drafted and spent his first five seasons. By no means is that a big deal at all. Obviously, Guy Diafade isn't a big impact person. Maybe this can tell you that the Angels' name will pop up more and more often as we see this trade deadline stuff pass. I saw a stat on ESPN today. The Angels are 6-1 and one since the start of June when Shohei Otani is on the mound, and they are 6-26 and 26 when anybody else starts, which is just horrendous. It's a shame what they've done to him. And we know that he would look great as a Milwaukee Brewer. If that happens, ecstatic. Don't expect it to. Uh, speaking of the Brewers, you know, not everyone's paying attention, Ben, to this Tyler Wade deal. Probably have to be an Angels or a Yankees fan to even know what we're talking about. But why would the Angels do that? Maybe something bigger is coming. What is going on in Anaheim? And could <laughs> Shohei Otani be next? And if so, could he be open to joining the Brewers? Possibly. Some are asking. I wish this show was on video because we could easily go into it. You have to make that little spiel a two-minute rant, though. You have to go full Brian Windhorst. You can't say anything for the first minute, 45 seconds. Then at the end, you just ask a completely unanswerable question. (laughs) I felt bad for the other people at the first desk that day. Because they're trying to play along. Three-team deal? Open up space for Kevin Durant? And he's what, like, no. One, stop. Let me finish. One woman asked him a question, and he gave her the most condescending no, like no. scoff that you would even ask it. It's like, yeah. dude, come on. Who are you? Like when like when Rogers was interrupted in a presser last year, and he goes, I'm not finished. Thank you. When the horse is like, no, they're not trading for Kevin Durant. Listen to what I'm saying. You, you fools. You know that's how he felt. I'm just saying, you know, I, we were hearing buzz yesterday about Otani. It's been quiet on the Otani front since, or was that Monday, Tuesday we talked about Otani? When was the buzz? I think it was Tuesday. Okay. It's been quiet since Tuesday, but hmm. some might start to hear more buzz. 
I think it's time to quote tweet the the Jeff Passan tweet with the picture of Brian Winhorst. I can maybe do that coming up here on in Anna during break. So Grant Colton Wong, we talked about a last segment and eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. If you want to join the show first, we're going to talk more about this early wake up concept because I don't know how I'm going to survive through today. We're grinding, but it was my choice and, and I'm here to defend it. But Colton Wong, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about that later. Colton Wong. So He's over 14 over his last 14. He's hitting 194 in the month of July. He has not had a hot stretch all season to be excited about. He has the highest strikeout percentage at the plate of his career. He is in the midst of the worst defensive season of his career. Nothing is going well. I will note there has been some bad luck there. He's hitting line drives. His batting average in balls in play is quite low. You would expect Mm -hmm. it to maybe rise a little bit. And he has an okay walk percentage. So there are some good signs, but nothing tells me he's snapping out of this funk that he's in. My question, I guess, is what in the world do the Brewers do? Do they prioritize this position at the trade deadline? Keston here has played a couple games at second this year, but he has been horrendous fielding wise. We obviously know his bat in the lineup could be valuable, but I wouldn't trust him when Jason Alexander's on the mound to go make plays at second base. (laughs) Do you move Jace Peterson there? He's played a couple games at second base, not a true second baseman. So I I don't know. I'm kind of stuck right now because all I know is he should not get as consistent top of the order at bats as he is right now. But I don't know how many options there are unless you bring somebody else in from the outside. Well, first of all, Jace Peterson can't do everything. I mean, he's like the Elton Jenkins of this team. Oh, we could play him at left tackle, right (laughs) tackle center. He can only lock down one spot. So take it easy on Jace Peterson. I think at the trade deadline, David Stearns should just look for the best upgrade possible. Like, you know, when you're going into the draft, you say you don't want to draft for need. The Brewers shouldn't trade for need. They should just try to find the best bat available. Chances are they can shift things around to make it work. It's not like they have that many amazing bats. And it's not like there's somebody in the field who's so good in their spot, you can't move him, right? And if Colton Long turns into a bench player, or Urias turns into a bench player for the rest of the season. I'm fine with that. Like, I don't think any of these guys are unimpeachable in their current roles. So if I'm David Stearns, I'm not trying to zero in on need. I don't want to filter out available talent because I need to find a second baseman. I just want to find the best bats available, the best value available, and then I'll make it work. That's what he's done the last couple of years. Well, and the best fielders, because when, as I said, you have to start Jason Alexander twice in a week like they will this week you better have some damn good defenders behind him because otherwise it can turn into disaster but also overall this is just not a great defensive baseball team they've been below expectations all year at that spot even uh, Jonathan Davis in center field has made some terrific plays but you could see his inexperience you could see how he doesn't really know how to play that center field at American Family Field so come playoff time I mean that's very significant I heard the broadcast yesterday talking about some of his highlight catches, how good he is at getting on the top 10, what he can do in theory if a tough play presented itself. But my first thought was he doesn't know how to play American family field yet. So how can we, I I can't crown him as this great center field defender when there are plays out there that, that experienced guys that are less athletic than he can go make because they know where to stand. They know where the bounces are. They've been there before. So is Tyrone Taylor your most trusted defensive center fielder then? Oof. 
Like that's a t- who's better, Yelich? Uh, nobody. Tyron Taylor is good enough. He's shown, and he at least knows the ballpark better than Jonathan Davis. Yeah, at this point, it's nobody. But that's why, and this is something I want to talk about throughout today. I think with what we saw last night, it's obvious the Brewers need help in the pen. I've argued they probably need another starter. They need a center fielder, as we're talking about. But when you throw second base in that mix, and maybe they can go elsewhere for different positions, where are those big addition areas for the team? That's something I want to get into throughout the show today. Because you can go and try to rank them one through five. I took a shot. We could talk about it coming up. But it's interesting when you try to prioritize. And let's say the bats are even. If we're comparing a center fielder and a second baseman they can get that bring the same value bat-wise, then would be replacing different players. But if we took away who the specific targets would be, where are those addition areas and how would they be ranked? Because as time goes on, that has changed drastically. Throughout the beginning of the year, center field was always kind of eh with Kane, but we thought Taylor could be a consistent guy there. We didn't think about starting pitching at all before the injuries. And second base, we thought, was pretty much locked down. None of that is the case now. How could second base not be locked down? Colton Wong is fantastic, and he's a good hitter, and then he forgot how to field and forgot how to field uh, and hit. Maybe this team stinks, Ben. Can uh, honest, honest moment for a sec here. Can you just talk me off a ledge? I love days I like after I've a loss, out, by the way. I, I know. I, I've thrown out all these hypotheticals like, hey, game on the line. Who do you want as your hitter at the plate? Center fielder. Who's your best option? I feel like there's not a good answer for any of these questions that I'm posing. Maybe this team stinks. Yeah, the answers are definitely not confidence inspiring. I can safely say. They don't stink. I I very much like this team, but I need them to do some aggressive things at the trade deadline. But this is why I love days after a loss, because this is what we talk ourselves into. They go out and Burns pitches a gem against the Giants. They win two to one and we're happy again and we're back on the good side. That's the beauty of baseball. And I I embrace that part of it. Like, is there overreaction every day when they win and then they lose? And you talk about it from either perspective. Absolutely. There's overreaction. But that's the sport of baseball. That's why I love it. 877-867-1670. Let's go to line one in the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? This is Al from Janesville. Al, what's on your mind, man? Uh, great job this week, by the way, Ben. Doing a good job without my bill there this week. I right. appreciate really it. Happy. But anyways, as far as the Brewers were going, I would say Colton Wong in a heartbeat. I've been saying that all year. He just doesn't have it this year. His defense that he was supposed to have had sucks. Uh, I would put Urias there. Uh, he played there a couple weeks ago when Long was down. I thought he did a fantastic job defense. But Jace Peterson at third and see what we have. Uh, as far as the trading for the trade deadline, I would do absolutely nothing. This team has too many holes. He just one or two players, whether it be pitching or a bat or whatever, is not going to make a difference. It's, the team's uh, very disappointing from where I thought they were going to be. And just one or two trades is not going to make a difference. It does not. And see how far our starting pitching can carry us and uh, go from there. Go on. I, I just can't see trading away a good prospect for a rental, which is essentially that's where they usually end up being, and uh, go from there. I, I'm not sure what your thoughts are. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Where did you think they would be generally? Because I feel like they've taken a very roundabout disappointing way to get to this point but this record where they sit in first place by a couple games is also kind of what I thought they would be entering the year 
Well, I did, uh, Ben, but I, we all have to admit, and I'm a huge Brewer fan. I, I went to the Pittsburgh series in Pittsburgh a week ago. I, I follow the team. I travel with the team when I can. And this team, we all have to admit, it's just a real average team in a terrible division. They, they really are. You know, the, the Cardinals are kind of where they're at. Uh, the, the other uh, three teams in the division are god-awful, and we have to admit that. And if we get, say if we do win the division, and which I still think we can, um, we're going to get up against a good team, whether it be Dodgers or you know San Diego or somebody like that, and we're going to get killed. And we, we all have to admit it's just not a very good baseball team. It, it really isn't. You know, you go up and down the lineup. You know, whoever I, I haven't seen the lineup yet for tonight, but just a, a typical with Yelich, you know, leading off, and then uh, Damas, and uh, we've all seen it, Telez. And nowhere in that lineup do you see – hey, we've got to get this out because so-and-so's coming up. You know, in, in nowhere in that lineup, all they are is nine guys hitting 220, 230, and there, there's just nothing in that lineup that says, uh, you know, that uh, there's put fear into you like you would against, you know, if, if you're playing a Dodger team or a Yankee team. And I realize that they have all that money. I get all that part of baseball, but, man, I was expecting a lot more on this team, um, and it's just not. And the other point I want to make, and I'm sorry for rambling on. No, you're good. Listen, this is a day after a loss. I think a lot of people it. are with you. Well, it's a day after a loss, but it's a day after a lot of losses that couldn't have, shouldn't have happened this year. Yep. And there is absolutely no communication. You, you look at council, and I'm not an anti-council guy, but I'm frustrated with them. There's no communication throughout the game with his uh, coaches, with his players. He just stands up on that second step of the dugout. I, I sat right behind the dugout in all three games in Pittsburgh I went to and just watched him, watched him, how he managed, whatever. There's no communication at all. He, he's never talking to anybody. Just watch him in tonight's game if you stay up and watch the Sam Fran game. Yeah. It, it, it's just, uh, man, it, it's so frustrating. It, it, here's one. Uh, when they played the Cubs, the Cubs beat them. I, I can't remember which game it was. It, I was at that game. It, it was at uh, Miller Park at that game. And Pam, I'm sorry. But uh, they lost four to three. That's the one where Yelly or um, oh, they gave up uh, the hit. Uh, uh, it, anyways, they should have won the game. Adamas came up with one out, a guy on third, uh, and he could have tied the game up with a fly ball. And he swings at the first pitch and he pops it up. You know, and can you work the count a little bit? Can't somebody, you know, counsel say, hey, Adamus, you know, we, we need a fly ball here. Tie this thing up for me. And there's no communication at all. He didn't say one word to him. I, he didn't. It's just frustrating. I, I'm just so frustrated with that team. So. I got you. I think a lot of people are with you, Al. Appreciate the phone call. Call again. Thanks, Al. Uh, Grant, lots to unpack there. But I first want to say, this is an open forum. If there are critiques, if there is attitudes like that that are fed up with how the team plays this is the forum to air it on 877-867-1670 i want to start at the beginning quick before we hit break because what he was talking about ties into what we had been saying since tuesday whether moves can be made what the moves should be his view is this team has too many holes that one or two moves is not going to do the difference and that is something I, I agree with that sentiment 100%. The lineup does not have any scary bats at this point. There's nobody who comes up. At, he put it well. There's nobody who comes up and you say as the opposing team, 
we have to pitch around this guy or he's going to hurt us. Or there's no one who says we have to go get this guy out so we don't have to face the guy after him. There's no one in the lineup right now that does that. I do still think there is the potential there when the health is all good with Renfro healthy in the lineup. And once guys get a little hotter, that it can happen. But I always talk myself into that circle, what Al had just outlined. And then at the same time, sit back and realize this team is in first place in a bad division, but they do win a lot of baseball games against a lot of good teams, even with all of these shortcomings and all the struggles. I don't like passing off as a foregone conclusion that the Brewers can't contend with any other National League powers in September and October. I just don't like people on July 14th or whatever the date is saying, we know they can't beat any of these teams two months from now, three months from now, because we just don't know. There's so much we don't know. I also have a hard time believing that this team is beyond repair. Like a couple of moves won't make a difference. If this was the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox, maybe. The Brewers have been a non-factor in Major League Baseball 95% of their existence. And I just really have a hard time with this team, a team that has some amazing starting pitching, an amazing back end of the bullpen, and some workable pieces offensively. I have a really hard time saying, no, let's not go for it. I mean, how many times... Of course, all of Brewers history, have we had a team this good? It's very few. I have a hard time punting on that. Yep. And it goes back to what I talked about a couple of days ago, the 2014 Giants thing. There is a semi-recent example of a team without the star power. They had one more impact bat than the Brewers. That's Buster Posey. But aside from yeah. Buster Posey, the lineup looked a lot similar year wide. Then they got hot at the right time. They had the championship pedigree and guys who had done it and the pitching carried them, it is possible. I don't think it's probable, but I'm with you. I would never write off their chances, but I do think as time goes on, I think a lot of people are with Al right now. That I mean, this team needs a little bit too much for it to be worth going all in for one of the holes. But we'll talk about that more when we come back. Also, Josh Hader gives up runs again last night, takes the loss with the Twins winning 4-1 to one on the walk-off home run. Are you concerned? Should we be concerned? about Hader and where he is trending. That and more coming up next, 877-867-1670. If you want to join the program, it's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in Bill Michaels show Thursday, still the morning open championship underway out at St. Andrews, Scotland. Cameron Young leads the way at eight under with the afternoon waves still finishing up their rounds. Rory McIlroy six under right behind him. Really good round. Cam Smith is up there. Other names to note. Lee Westwood shot a 68 today. Victor Hovland, 68. Scotty Scheffler is four under through 10 on his round. Tiger Woods, uh, not good. Four over through five. Kind of hit the eject button as the as the tournament started, as his round started today. Uh, definitely not good. For a guy that, I mean, I don't know how many more chances he really has to go out and compete to win a major. You would think that a course like this fits him more than any other. The walk is not hard. It rewards okay. terrific iron play and creativity that he obviously has. So we'll see. We'll see if he can battle somehow, make the cut our buddy Brentley 
tweets into the show. Uh, we were talking about options for the Brewers at second base. To the Brewers, uh, Bryce Terang has been something that uh, someone who has been brought up could be close to cracking the MLB roster, and it could be their future at second base. Yeah, he's their fifth current prospect right now, MLB.com, in the Brewers system in Nashville this year, hitting 283 OPS, a little bit above 700. So I the thing is, while he could be the second baseman of the future, I don't really know if that is the fix I would have at this point. It's hard to rely on a guy to suddenly come in and blow the roof off who he seems like he's going to be a pretty good player in the future, but I, I don't know. 283 in Nashville, like we've been fooled by those numbers before. If he doesn't improve me wrong, awesome. There are some prospects you look at and you say he could come up on the team and make an impact tomorrow. Terang, I'm not there yet. I'm not. Friend of show uh, caller Eric on I-90, who I think you've talked to on the Phil Michaels show. Yes. I know he calls Debo sometimes. He called in yesterday and said in his whatever his voice is, Grant, uh, and I don't know much about baseball, but I, I got an idea. What if we just call up our best prospect and send down our worst bat? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, when you word it that way, it sounds super easy and simple. I mean, their best prospect is 18 years old. So that's the barrier for that. That sounds like, Grant, people trying to explain to me how to make money off trading stocks. They're like, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, buy the stock when it's low. And once it gets sell to it its high high. point, sell it there. And then I Not go hard. to try to do it, and it's impossible. And it doesn't work that way most of the time. And I, and I told Eric, I'm like, well, it doesn't really work that way. I do wonder over the years how much, let's say, war or how much production uh, the teams have kept stashed in the minor leagues just for the sake of saving money in the long run, right? Because we know they like to control service time. Yep. Right? Like, Keston Hero was going up and down a couple of years ago, and Travis Shaw stunk. And we're like, bring up Hira, but that's not how these teams operate. I don't think the Brewers are one rookie away from being way better on offense. But I do wonder, you know, historically, the way teams handle service time, if they ever leave production and if they ever stash a, a good player in the minors when they shouldn't, just for the sake of money. I'd assume definitely. I mean, you look at Chris Bryant, yeah. they had to wait to call him up. The fans were going ballistic. He was already, you know, ready. I just don't necessarily know if Terang is that guy. I hope he is, no. but I would not bank on him being that fix. RX Goat on Twitter also chimes in, and this is about Hater. So let's let's get to him. Yesterday, the Twins walk it off, off Josh Hader. It was a one-to-one game going into the bottom of the ninth. Hader gives up a three-run home run. So I'm going to bring this up because I think it's a genuine part of all of this. I don't mean to play any blame game here, but since his child was born in mid-June, remember he took that leave and then came back oh to boy. the team. No, this is legit. Having a child, like... <laughs> There's a lot True. going on. I'm sure he hasn't slept as much. There's a lot going on off the field. And I'm not going to say that this is because of the child happening. I'm just merely pointing this out. The Phillies game happened before that. Remember that first blown save. But since June 15th, 10 innings pitched, 12 hits, 5 walks, 7 earned runs, 19 strikeouts, 8 saves, 2 losses. He is in that time, a 6.30 ERA and a Jason Alexander whip of 1.7. Since that time, he has not been the same dominant guy. Now, you could point to yesterday, his sinker slash his harder pitches were topping out at around 95, 96. Back in May, there were 97, 98. So there could be a fatigue in there of just getting to the all-star break and needing that rest. 
but it could also be there's a lot going on. The question here is, are you concerned about the fact that he has now looked very susceptible? I think his last five outings, six outings, since July started, five innings, uh, six total outings, because he didn't get an out in yesterday's game, six runs, two home runs, 11 strikeouts, four walks, ERA of 10.8. Like, he is trending in the wrong direction. To me, I think it's a fatigue thing. He seems tired, and the all-star break should help. I agree with you. If you look at the stats from last year, ERA by month, April was 0.93, May was 0.75, hit an ERA of zero in June, and then in July, 9.53, which is basically what's happened this year, right? He was unhittable for the first couple of months, and then he has a couple bad outings in July, and that makes his ERA look bad. And he has been bad in July, but historically, that's how his seasons has worked. And then last year, his ERA in August, zero. His ERA in September, zero. ERA in October, zero. And then, you know, you get to the playoffs and he gives up runs again. Well, in October, yeah. October is when those runs came. But yeah, Yeah. it was the regular season, that streak. So are you concerned at all? Do you think it's just fatigue? You think this is his normal arc? I do. I I think this is his normal arc and you're not going to be locked down all season long. And it matches what happened last year. Um, Now, yeah, I think he's fine. I understand that some Brewers fans think it would be smart if they traded him. And they thought that before he started struggling this month. So we don't have to necessarily correlate the two. I don't think they should trade Josh Hader. That's just bad. That's bad karma. I don't want a part of it. But I know a lot of people think that they should. 877-867-1670. Our buddy Rx Goat on Twitter says, in close games and non-save situations, he nibbles, throws a lot more sliders. He's not worried about him in general, but the issue is pitch selection. Now, there could be something there because after the game yesterday, Miranda, who hit the home run, said that at bat, I was sitting slider. I kind of knew he was going to throw me one and then he hung it and he got a good swing on it. So maybe going back to establishing the fastball, but I'm not going to doubt the way that he approaches everything. There could be something there with the pitch selection has not been as sharp, but I think it's more about execution for him than anything. So, yeah, hopefully the rest. I mean, he's out for the all star break. Said he's going to go home and rest for that. I think that's a great thing, especially with what we've seen. Hopefully that gets him right and he is back on track as the season winds down. All right, we're going to step away here, take a quick break. Coming up at the top of the hour, where the Brewers need to add, Grant and I are going to talk about the places we would prioritize because the places have seemingly multiplied over the last couple weeks and months than maybe where we were in the beginning of the season. So what would we prioritize If we were Mr. Stearns at the top of that organization, 877-867-1670. If you want to join the show, it's Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills here with you. Bill is back on Monday. We got you tomorrow. He's back on Monday. 877-867-1670. Take your calls coming up here at the top of the hour. Grant, I had a caller during break chime in and agree with your exact thought that if you trade Josh Hader, he's not only is he not going to be saving games for you, but you are almost assured 
you're going to trade him to the exact team the Brewers will face. And then almost guaranteed you will then lose to them because of how great he is. So he was out on that back from that as a franchise. That's it. That's that. That's embarrassing. That's a, that's something we whine about for the next 40 years as a reason why our franchise can't win anything. Plus the prospects they get will probably suck and turn into Uh nothing, or maybe they will be just okay enough. Like I don't want to, just do a drive-by shot on anybody, but maybe they're okay enough that they're in the starting lineup or they're Tyrone Taylor and they're an okay player, but not moving any needles for the team. And then they'd fit right in is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, exactly. They'll hit 240. But then what are we doing here? How are you going to win like that? All right. 877-867-1670. Step away here. Top of the hour coming up. When we come back, more of your calls on the Brewers. What would you do? Are you concerned about Josh Hader? Would you send Colton Wong down in the lineup? Would you bench him? What would you do to bolster this team? It's coming up next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.